it's Natasha and KC and we are the co-hosts of Woke and Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into our 30th episode woo-hoo, of Woke and Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything that's important to us, to you, the world, and nothing is off the table. Now in this episode, we're really excited to be talking about doing environmental good with business, in particular with a very special guest. We had Project Repat co-founder Nathan Rothstein on. But before we dive deep into the episode, we have a couple of ground rules to cover. First, have you subscribed to Woken Free on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio? If not, please do. We greatly appreciate your love and support of the show. Second, have you shared an episode? Definitely consider sharing an episode with friends, with family, this episode, any of our past episodes. Sharing is caring, guys. And then, of course, we're very active on social media, so always feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Woken Free. Each week, we like to share something about us before we dive into the topic for the episode. Last week, we shared what was the silliest thing we did as kids. This week, we're going to talk about t-shirts. Favorite t-shirts, that is. <laughs> okay, so this one's actually hard for me because as someone who loves fashion, da-da-da, dress roommate, uh, <laughs> I, uh, oh. I would say, um, you know, it changes. I, I don't know if I have one t-shirt that would be like my all-time favorite forever in in a day i would say that i have different obsessions as you know hubby so there was definitely a time where i was all about like janet jackson and so my favorite t-shirt at the time was like a janet jackson like a vintage t-shirt actually then uh, i was all about hello kitty t-shirt that i have i slept in it it was literally my bff outside of you my dear (laughs) so there was that but now i would say my current favorite t-shirt is a black panther t-shirt wakanda forever uh and it and it pretty much says wakanda versus every everyone else and so uh that's like my current favorite t-shirt how about you i like my black panther t-shirt it's great and all Mm -hmm. but my favorite t-shirt has to do with one of the best villains of all time and it's darth vader of course Mm. it's a star wars t-shirt always so what's cool about this star wars t-shirt is it's like a custom made thing Mm -hmm. so what it what it is is it has like all these stormtrooper helmets and it's all like lined up in rows and rows Mm -hmm. and then every like other row it has a darth vader face on it so i I like that it's kind of cool because you see all these stormtroopers in white and then you have the black darth vader as a contrast shout out to society six yeah and that's where i got the shirt from (laughs) absolutely so now that we've covered that i think it's definitely time to share a little bit about our guest before we uh we get to the conversation with him so who is Nathan Rothstein? So he's one of the co-founders of Project Repat. Repat is creating jobs in the USA by upcycling people's old clothes into memory blankets. Since launching in 2012, Repat has prevented over 5 million t-shirts from getting dumped in landfills and created 70 jobs in Massachusetts and North Carolina. Over 200,000 people have bought a t-shirt quilt Inc. Magazine recently named Repat the ninth fastest growing retail company 
and the company has been featured in Fast Company, the Boston Globe, WBUR, MSNBC, and Entrepreneur Magazine. Mr. Rothstein served as an America, America Corps volunteer in post-Katrina New Orleans after he graduated from the UMass Amherst Honors College in 2006. He spent four years in New Orleans working on different recovery-related projects. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Nathan Rothstein. Hi, Nathan. This is Khalil. Uh, it's great to have you on our show. How, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. So on our show, we like to share something personal about ourselves before we start. So on this episode, we thought we'd ask you, what's your all-time favorite t-shirt? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I uh, grew up in Boston and I grew up a Celtics fan, and I have this T-shirt uh, that I got um, actually a couple of years ago. But it's like it was made in the early '90s, and it's it's about uh, it has Reggie Lewis, Kevin Gamble, and Dee Brown on it, and they were the rising stars. They didn't necessarily turn out the best, but and and Reggie Lewis died tragically, but. Uh, Reggie Lewis was my hero growing up, and I, I love wearing that T-shirt. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> All right. So now to jump in our into our other questions, what drove you to be so passionate about protecting the environment? Yeah. So I I think I came to this business kind of with a different a lot of different um, agendas and interest and i think when you start a business you start in some place but you drift until you find market fit but uh, my business partner ross and i were really looking at how do you uh, utilize all the clothes that people have in their closet that they no longer wear but uh, they don't necessarily want to get rid of and we were aware of all of the textile waste and my business partner had spent time in in East Africa and you see all the t-shirts that wind up there um, sold in these secondary markets. And, and we've also done research around all of the, um, how much water goes into each t-shirt. So it was just something that we were, we were interested in. And, uh, and as you know, we wanted to create a business that people wanted to buy that would create a job, but also prevent the t-shirts uh, from getting dumped in landfills. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And when it comes to like people in their old t-shirts, like where did you like get the data to kind of figure out what people were doing with them? Was it just like what you were saying, just like seeing it out in the marketplace or was there like certain resources you used as a, as a business owner to kind of figure out this is, this is what you wanted to work on. This is how you were going to move forward. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, we started by making these tote bags and scarves out of t-shirts that we thought looked really cool. And it was finding retro shirts and putting them together with other random shirts. And it was, it was fun for us to kind of sift through different Goodwill and Salvation Army and then different donated where shirts are donated. But um, we started selling them at, at local uh, markets, like little, literally, like a marketplace <laughs> outdoors, like a farmer's market. 
and uh, p- people were interested in them, but uh, we, we started to hear people ask us and say, well, what can you do with my T-shirts? And uh, can you turn my T-shirts into a quilt? And at first, we didn't necessarily really want to do that. We thought we had made these fashion-forward tote bags and scarves, and, and we were excited about that, and everyone told us it was a great idea, but our bank account was dwindling, and the business wasn't really going anywhere, so we tried to make the quilt in a similar way that we made the scarf by just sewing t-shirt panels together. And apparently what Americans wanted was an affordable way to preserve their memories as a patchwork quilt blanket. So that's what worked. And uh, that's how we got there. Interesting. How does the process uh, work then to get your t-shirts made into a quilt with the project repat? Yeah, so people um, go on our site and they pick out what size uh, quilt they want and determine by how many shirts they want to use. And we can use uh, both sides of your shirt and we can use jerseys and sweatshirts and uh, flannel shirts as well. And then uh, once you order, uh, you get an email with shipping directions and and we have two production partners, one in North Carolina, one in Massachusetts. And so based on where you live, you send it there. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, you get back your quilt. Mm. And just out of curiosity, is there a way to say someone wants the quilt, but they maybe they're like, they're too in love with their t-shirts, right? And they're like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to use it or something. Um, yeah. Is there a way you can provide t-shirts or no, it's you like the person buying the quilt has to kind of give the the shirts or the material as well. Yeah, we we have to use your shirt. So you have to break up with them for a couple of weeks and then you'll get them back. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Now here in New York, right, there's a discussion for whether our state is going to be kind of a, in a plastic bag free zone, right? So we live in Long Island. They've already started the process out in the county that we're in. But, you know, it seems like an obvious question that like all states, countries, nations, need to think about like should we be more environmentally friendly but somehow it seems like for the united states uh that you know it seems like we need a lot more coaxing as a culture to be more environmentally concerned like why do you think that's the case well i think our entire economy has been built around buying stuff and buying new stuff and um and then you know, I think about clothes and how people talk about their clothes. And a lot of times when you talk about clothes, you talk about, oh, I got this great T-shirt, and, but, and it was also 25% off. Or I got this cute dress, and it was 30% off. And, like, just the way that people talk about their clothes, they talk about um, the discounts they get. And we live in this discount culture. And, and when people think about price first, they're not necessarily thinking about, um, all of the environmental aspects of that of that shirt. So, like, if you walk into H and M and you buy a seven dollar uh, shirt, that shirt was probably made in not the best working conditions outside the U.S. A lot of, oh, probably about six hundred gallons of water were used just to make that one shirt. Um, and it's it's not necessarily that people are bad. It's just that it's so tough to break yourself from that from that mindset and i mean 
if you just look at H&M alone, they they produce like 400 million products a year and, a, and about 20% of those products go unsold. And so then it has to basically get resold or go into a landfill. So there's just a whole system that's propping up the excess clothing. And, um, you know, I try to think about it as buying stuff that you want and you think will last instead of looking at what's the lowest price possible and what's the best deal that I'm getting. And that, that shift in that mindset may, may help people, uh, buy a little bit less, but their stuff lasts longer. Mm, Interesting. Okay. So besides taking their t-shirts and recycling them into these quilts that you make, what else do you think people can do to be more environmentally conscious? Yeah, so I, I think the the definitely the shift the mindset of 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 clothing and, I, and for me I also I think about the environment and also in terms of who's making your clothes and whether we're treating the people making our stuff well as well. So uh, you know, there's been a race to the bottom over the last 50 years mm-hmm. of where we can produce clothes for the cheapest. Like at at one point it was in New England and then it moved to the South and then it moved to Mexico and then to China and then to the Far East and then to Africa. Mm-hmm. And so companies have always chased cheap labor. And also when you're uh, the further away that you're making something, the more resources that you have to use uh, from the environment to make it. So I think if people just kind of start looking more at the tags at the behind at their on their clothes of where things are made, I mean it's tough to buy all 100% U.S. But just to think about you know who's making this um, and is is it a company that treats its workers well? And I think some of that has started to bubble up in the food culture where people are looking at like where our food is made and they're trying to buy food that's close to them. It hasn't necessarily translated to the, to the clothing industry. Um, mm-hmm. But I think once you start changing consumer behavior around that, uh, it could go a long way. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And it seems politically, right, we, we definitely see that conversation of uh, you know, our jobs in the U.S. are going overseas. We need to bring them back. And, you know, you are doing a wonderful job with a successful company to do that. But why do you think there's been, I guess, a delay in our economy where other U.S. companies aren't kind of doing what you're doing and taking the initiative to make sure that we do have jobs here in the U.S. for the products or services that they're offering? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's it's funny when people talk. I mean that that national debate. I I think it's it's a simple conversation, but it's a it's a much more complicated issue. I mean mm-hmm. most of the jobs, at least in the textile industry, are not coming back. I mean the reason why our business works is because we're making a highly custom product. Uh, why it works to be made in the U.S. It's a highly custom product. And customers have to ship their shirts to us, and they have to trust that they'll get it back. And you know, if, if they had to ship it to China, it just it wouldn't make monetary sense. So um, our business is made in the U.S., and we're 
we feel good about that, but it that's because it really works for our business. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're a company that's just making T-shirts or or jeans, I mean that that production has left uh, the U.S. 30 years ago mostly and is probably not coming back. I mean, what what probably will come back is robots that are making clothes and there's people that are administering those robots, managing the computer software. Um, that's yeah. that's where I, I think the economy is going. But unfortunately, that's going to leave uh, a lot of people out of the workforce. Interesting. Hmm. Wow. Project Repad is the ninth fastest growing retail company. The company has been featured in Fast Company, the Boston Globe, WBUR, MSNBC, and Entrepreneur Magazine. What would you say is the secret to the success of your business? I like to say is that we had we've had no allegiance to any idea that that doesn't work. And so one of the things that helps continue our business relationship with my business partner too is we we don't have any egos about whose idea was to do this or do that and we really let the customers decide uh what's going to what we're going to focus on or not so I, I think so many businesses when they're starting off they they have this mindset of all right i need to do the, my business exactly the way i planned it out that i wrote in my business plan I need to make 50% margins off every product and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all these, all these things like in your, in your plan, but um, entrepreneurship is such a roller coaster and you really have to ride the the highs and the lows. And so we really, as that story about not sticking to the tote bags and, and pivoting to something that we saw worked. Um, and then once you find something that works, you, you just pour water on it and really work on letting it grow. Mm, Absolutely. Okay. And uh, I guess just off of that question, what would be, what would be the most meaningful thing that you've learned as an entrepreneur? Uh, I mean, there's so many lessons. I mean, I I think you have to, I, I think really I've seen the benefit of, of a partnership of working uh, together where there's times where your business is just not doing well and you're really down and out and you need someone to to pick you up. I mean, it's, it's similar to a a non-business relationship where at different points you have uh, different mood swings and you're excited about things while someone else is is not and you just have to really work together to um to ride out those emotional roller coasters because it it can be hard i mean we were we were living in our office for the first year we uh we you know we almost ran out of money multiple times uh i mean there was just a lot of things roadblocks that were put in front of us and uh it, it takes a lot of perseverance and grit to fight through those things Absolutely. Do you have any like upcoming projects or initiatives or campaigns that people should like be on the lookout for? Uh, so we so we just opened up our 
first retail store so customers can come in and see examples uh, and then they can get help uh, with some of the questions some of the questions about preparing the shirts and they can lay out all their shirts and take a photo and and so we can design it exactly the way they want and so we just opened that uh, in the Boston area and you know if it goes well we'd, we'd like to open more stores around the country. Very okay. cool. And you definitely have to come to New York. Very, yeah. very awesome. <laughs> yeah. I know our, our prices suck though. So I do apologize for that. New York uh, retail is not, they are not playing. Uh, that game is serious. I think. But I mean, isn't Boston pricing not? True. It's probably pricey anywhere. there for you too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, but we're, you know, we, it, Already, it's just, I, I think it's a great experience for customers who, you know, they want to see what the back of the fleece feels like. They want to um, ask someone some questions. I mean, I think a lot of people are are comfortable shopping online, but uh, mm-hmm. we definitely have an audience, too, that's older, uh, maybe haven't shopped as much online as other consumers, and it's just nice to interact with someone in, in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have one last question to ask you. What is one thing no one knows about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my middle my middle name is Mordechai. Really? That is yeah. is there a story behind that? It was my my uh um grandfather and my my mom grew up in in Mexico City, and her family immigrated there uh, from Lithuania. And uh, yeah. yeah, very cool <laughs> and very sweet. Awesome. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. thank you, Nathan. We have enjoyed speaking with you and having you be a guest on Woke and Free, uh, we, where we know that everyone listening is definitely going to take your wisdom and insight, and definitely. Uh, you know, want to know more about your company and, and the great work you're doing. So we'll definitely share all the details on WokenFree.com. But thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We are at that time again. Oh, my gosh. It's the end of our 30th episode of Woke Can and Free. Woohoo! Yes, absolutely. I can't believe. Can you believe it? We made it to 30. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it all along. It was no secret that this would happen. <laughs> I love I love the confidence love. <laughs> Very nice. I thought this was our thousandth episode. Jesus, it's feel I felt that long. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Okay, well, um, you know, on upward and onward, I guess, yeah. <laughs> we will keep it moving. And uh, just for everyone uh, listening, again, what did we talk about in this episode? We talked about doing environmental good with business and particularly with our special guest, Project Repat co-founder Nathan Rothstein. So that was an amazing conversation. Uh, as always, will I leave you hanging for what our next episode will be all about? Drum roll, please. On our next episode, we will be talking about Recruiting Realities with Amy Goldstein, the founder of Grayson Allen. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along in the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. 
If you want to be a guest on the show, which I know you do, make sure you submit a topic for an upcoming episode or share how you feel about some of the sub- subjects that we've already covered on our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. And I will say it until the cows come home, guys. We love to hear from you on social media. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at WokenFree. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Until next time, folks.